Hello and welcome to the Swine Disease Reporting System. This is report number 65, where we're going to cover the findings from the previous month, the month of June. My name is Edison Magalhães, here with the SDRS. Hello, my name is Giovanni Trevisan with the SDRS. Hi, my name is Guilherme, also at the SDRS. Hello, Daniel Linhares here also with the SDRS team. And today, as I mentioned, we're going to cover the findings from the previous month of the SDRS. Uh, and in addition, in addition to that, the SDRS team will explain the news for the SDRS expansion through the USDA NIFA funding. We are going to explain the next steps, uh, the importance of expanding disease monitoring using diagnostic data and the impact of the on the swine industry. Again, welcome to the Swine Disease Report podcast. Thank you, Edson, for the introduction. But before we go for that, Guilherme, would you mind highlight what are the June finds for the SDRS report? Yes, Giovanni, starting with the PERS virus, that is our PERS page, the detection is still within inspected during June, but at the regional level, we are having an increased activity uh, in the state of Ohio, that is three standard deviations above the expected of the positive submissions. And moving to the sequencing part that we analyzed, the uh, SDRS team identified a different pattern of detection for PERS virus sequences assigned as a L1C variant. Because when we look to the other uh, strains, historically, uh, the PERS virus sequences that are assigned as uh, L1A or L1C, uh, when you look to that, they have a decrease in the number of detection in the summer. But specifically, the L1C variant it has a different trend that in the summer, it starts to increase. And what the advisor group thinks about this increase during the summer? Yes, the, the advisory group correlated that with the high viral load that usually this strain has compared with the others. Also, also the possible longer period of shedding that also occurs, and also the increased survivability in the environment that are possible attributes that are points by the advisor to make this first virus L1C variant be more resistant and keep being detected during the summertime. So there is a, I understand that this strain is different than the others in some way to behave there. Thank you for sharing that. And how about the entire coronavirus? Any information there? Yeah, for the entire coronavirus, we are having an unusual activity because usually in the summer, we have a decrease in detection in Delta coronavirus and also PD, but we are having some regional increased activity. For example, for Delta, we are having the states of Kansas and Illinois that are having more activity of this virus. And for PD, South Dakota, Missouri, and also North Carolina. Any interaction with the advisory group about that and what is being seen in the field? Yeah, like the advisory group mentioned that usually the summertime is the, is the time that you do large maintenance in the farms. And usually they are pretty good to keep the virus outside of the sites. But probably in this summer right now has some failures in biosecurity that let the virus sneak in these sites and have this increased activity in these specific states. And also the increased susceptible population, which means like more guilds coming in that are susceptible to the entire coronavirus in positive sites, that also they lose the kind of the control inside of the site and have this increased activity of these two pathogens. So at the end of the day, some opportunities to improve biosecurity and biocontainment practices there in the production systems to try to reduce the regional activity of these pathogens. And how about influenza? Yeah, moving to the influenza, it remains an increased detection in June with around 37% of positive emissions in the winter market and 33% for South Farm that we had this uptick in the last month in May and it continues to happen. And this is a kind of difference uh, compared with the other years that usually we have an increase in the mid spring and the late spring, this, this detection is going down. 
And right now we are going through the summer with increased detection of influenza that was kind of pushed to the end of the spring and now beginning of summer with this increased detection. Thanks for sharing that, Guilherme. Thank you, Giovanni. Thanks, Guilherme. Uh, so now let's move to our discussion here. So as I mentioned before, uh, the SDRS is going to have a, an expansion supported by the USDA NIFA uh, funds that were awarded to, to, to this team. Uh, so a question for Daniel and Giovanni. So what was the idea behind the expansion of the SDIS? Uh, what's the importance of improving the use of diagnostic data for disease monitoring? Great question, Edson. And before we go to answer your uh, question here, one thing that we need to bring to the audience is that why we did move forward for this USDA grant? Well, there is, has been a request from the stakeholders upon the SDIS about we have information there, but can we go beyond that information, do further analysis and uh, keep expanding the project? So in response to the stakeholders, we move ahead and, and try to get this funding from the USDA to leverage the current resource that is, has been provided by the Swine Health Information Center to maintain the project. And now we move on to expand the project to an integrated uh, component that about research, extension outreach and education there on this SDRS uh, NIFA funded grant there. It's the mindset of uh, continuous improvement, right? We started with one pathogen, two labs that created value. The stakeholders kept asking for more. So here, here, here we are with uh, several pathogens and still growing the, the, the number of labs that are participating. That creates a big data Big video data and opportunity to keep digging to better serve the industry with the data that we have access to today. And that's a very important point, Daniel. It's a collaborative project. It's not only the four of us there, but all of the participant mm -hmm. videos are including this grant that went for the USDA with specific deliverables that come from each one of the participant videos. And Giovanni, keep talking about uh, the, the proposal itself and the expansion. One of the uh, goals of the development of the SDRS is to keep track of the PERS virus and the genomic data and also associating that with see if we are having an emerging of a different variant in the field. So what the what, what is the rationale behind it and how are we going to do that to improve the, the detection of PERS and also to keep track of these animal threats that might gonna happen in the field. That's a great example why we want to do that next mileage in the data analysis. If you look today, we report detection of PERS by PCR and trends in lineage and RFLP of PERS virus. But we have this large data set of more than 90,000 sequence that is present in the SDRS that we want to go further to analyze those sequence data and understand what is the mega trends of detections using the genetic information at an overall and the regional level to further provide information for uh, producers and stakeholders of the swine industry. And Guilherme, with all this data, right, lot, lots of data, lots of submissions, a lot of samples from many labs, and people still ask, as they should, what's the representativeness of this uh, data set and the reports and everything to the swine industry? That's some one of the, the points that the, this USDA grant is going to help us address, can you talk about that a little bit? Yes, uh, actually, now we're going to be able to analyze like the, rep the representativeness of the data set that we have. So how many submissions is coming from a specific state 
and how much this represents in terms of hog farms that we have there and also hog inventory. So with this kind of information, we could track if we are if we have some specific state that is misrepresented by our data set, and we could jump in and find a laboratory that's gonna increase this representativeness or even like uh, recruit veterinarians from this specific state so we can have more information about what's going on in some specific region of the US. And and Guilherme, besides that, there there is the potential to also look at code detections, right? We, we just said we started with one pathogen and now multiple pathogens bringing the ability to 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 visit uh, on not only single, but multiple things going on at the same time. What's the rationale behind, behind that? Can you further elaborate? Yeah, like nowadays we have the data of specific pathogens, uh, right? Like when you go to have the first virus page, the mycoplasma page, the influenza page, but all these pathogens, they interact between each other, so among each other. So what the, the what we can do right now with this further expansion is trying to analyze like the code detections of then. And for example, if we are having an emerge of a code detection of mycoplasma in PERS, we could see the disease dynamics that is behind what is an increased detection of mycoplasma in, in a specific month. And if it's associated with, for, for example, more PERS virus cases associated with mycoplasma. Mm -hmm. So a question for Daniel now, you know also that the RCI is going to invest more in educational extension uh, material for disseminating this information provided by the by the project and also for, for training future, future veterinarians. So could you elaborate more about what's coming on that arena? Yeah, well, well, the, the extension component uh, it speaks to the to, to the task of uh, communicating and discussing and bringing the, the knowledge to the field and back, right? To, to do that, have that two-way uh, uh, highway, bring to the producers, to the practicing vets, to the the the, the officials and all the stakeholders here, uh, people from academia, and have a big discussion, not only on the findings of the, the, the SDRS itself, but on this whole concept of taking advantage of uh, video data, this whole concept of, of taking advantage of our aggregated data and bringing that back to the field and just talk, talking about that and making sure that uh, that uh, it's very well communicated and disseminated and information with, with enough information exchange uh, to all the way from the university to the barn level and back. And on that extension piece, one thing that we want to do is interact a lot of producers now to understand if the report really should go for a, a producer level or if we should focus in veterinarians that provide technical service to them that they should really be keeping track of the information detection. Or if we can make the project more a producer friendly that goes for this level of information to provide for the stakeholders a better uh, dissemination of the what we have been found in this database in terms of the trends in pathogens detections there, that they could take action in terms of prevent the further spread of pathogens across farms. And also, Giovanni, about the training of the students as well, because it's a part of the, the, the proposal. So not only the graduate students, but also the veterinary students to be more aware of the surveillance methods and how we can keep track of these pathogens in the field so we can 
kind of improve the knowledge of the next generation in terms of surveillance and monitoring the, uh, disease in the field. No doubt about that. That's one of the critical components of the project. Now, we have not been interacting with the veterinary uh, students that are part of this uh, universe that composed SDRS. So now we want to add that piece of a component of going to back to this class of these that are taught for these students and at least put in front one example of how they can use veterinary diagnostic data in a non-mizing way to understand the megatrends of pathogen detections. And that is for training these uh, veterinary students that if they want to come for the swine industry, they will be well received to perform the career here. But if they go for other industries, they can take the example of the swine industry, what we are doing, and apply for the uh, respective industries and keep moving the needle in terms of using info data that we have and generate information that applies and can come back with uh, examples that can change the way that we do uh, disease control and preventions in the different sectors of the industry there. And of course, another thing that I want to add here is in terms of training students, uh, for this project to be successful, we also need uh, graduate students in terms of masters and PhD students that want to have a real boots on the ground training of using data. So that's welcome for the project. And we have opportunities in this area for masters and PhD students to come on board of the project too. Oh, that was great, guys. Very exciting, exciting news. We're looking forward to see the next steps of this, this project. So as we, we have discussed here, uh, all the, 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 the changes and implementations that we're going to be doing over time as part of this expansion funded by the USDA uh, NIFA uh, support, we're going to be communicating that with you guys through the, the monthly reports and also in, uh, through other platforms. So with that, I would like to thank the, the whole team here and see you guys next month. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.